0: Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show we have a very interesting topic to talk about and that is called post-dramatic, post-traumatic growth. It's not a term that I've heard before but it's uh, but it's something that uh, is really quite interesting um, and I'm talking to the author of a new book called Bouncing Forward, Michaela Haas. So how are you Michaela?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on The Inspiration
0: Show. Yeah, it's such a, a, a joy to have you here. Um, now your book is is amazing. Oh, um, thank you. we actually interviewed some, some incredible um, icons of our time um, and, and post-traumatic growth is, like I said, it's something I haven't really heard of before. But I, I tell you there's something really interesting. I was at, at one of my um, ATL meetings uh, a few weeks ago and Doreen Virtue was doing one of the talks and she was talking about how um, was it her? Yeah, it was her talking about how uh, you know, with post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic, uh, that there is. They used to think there was just one form of it. Now they realise there's about twenty thousand different forms of it. Yes. Um, and that the, all of us, at some varying degrees or levels, are, are suffering at some point if we've had something dramatic or traumatic happening in our lives. Um, so that's why I'm really interested in getting into this topic today. But before we do that, why don't I it is just to tell us your story and how you got to writing this amazing book?
1: Well, I really wrote it because everybody knows about PTSD, post traumatic stress disorder, and hardly anybody has heard of post traumatic growth. And in a way, the idea that we can grow out of difficulties is as old as the Bible. It's in the Bible. Jesus' story is a story of post traumatic growth. Buddha's story is a story of post traumatic growth. Hollywood knows about it. Batman is an example of post-traumatic growth but what we see now is that there's actually a science behind it and we learn every week there's new information how we can make it through adversities and that's not just the big traumas like the war in Iraq or being diagnosed with a life-threatening illness but everyday traumas that we all go through like a divorce or losing a loved one or struggling with a non-life-threatening illness so that's really what I was interested in when I became very ill in my 20s. So I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist, I'm a coach and you know in your 20s that's the time when you're supposed to be on top of the world and be active and do things right and I got an illness when I was studying in Nepal in Asia and I couldn't do anything anymore and I was not resilient and I did fall apart and it was so shocking to me that my body just would not obey and would not move and so that's really where I started exploring well how do other people who've experienced experienced much worse things than I was going through. How do they climb out of that abyss, and what helps people? And so I've talked to Maya Angelou, uh, who I've always admired, to uh, Temple Grandin, the artistic pioneer, and to people from all walks of life, uh, soldiers, Artists, a paralyzed surfer in California who um, now runs the biggest nonprofit for handicapped surfers, and people like that who have taken that hardship that happened to them and transformed it into a new perspective.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I can't imagine. Uh, I mean, you got the opportunity to speak to Maya Angelou before she before she transitioned, which is a six months before we lost her. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, tell me a little bit about her story in the
1: book and what was what was her journey. So, Maya Angelou's life is really a course book in post traumatic growth because she experienced violence when she was very young. She was raped at eight years old, and for five years after that, she did not speak. And Uh, It was finally the encouragement of her grandma and the elders in her community that encouraged her to speak. And, you know, her book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, is such a testimony to that force that she had in herself and her willingness to encourage other survivors Mm. so that she was able to come out of these experiences of violence into a message of love and forgiveness that's what I admire about her and I also have her in the book because so often we think that people who've been abused in childhood or who had a very neglectful childhood um, that they will not be able to lead a happy and fulfilled life and except, in fact every single survivor I spoke with thought at first that they would never be happy again. And what I can show, you know, both of the stories of Maya Angelo and the other people I met, and also backing it up with science, is that this is simply not true. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and I can show methods of what helps people to get there. Yeah. So what, do you, what were the common threads that
0: you saw in each of the stories that you have in your book?
1: I think one thing all the people have in common, and had they had that before that accident or that loss happened to them, is willpower. They, all of them were determined not to give up. One of uh, my friends is in the book who's a cancer survivor. He calls it, let go, but don't give up. So he had to let go of everything as life as he knew it. But he did not give up, and that's a determination that carried them through. And then after the adversity, um, I, what I notice is a much greater compassion and a willingness to connect with others, like the paralyzed surfer Chesabellower, who I mentioned earlier. You know, before the accident that paralyzed him, it was all about competing; it was about the surfing and now it's about helping other handicapped kids and adults to get back into the ocean. So he says if you ask me what helps me it's helping others you can always find somebody who's worse off than you are go and find that person and reach out and connect. Yeah absolutely. So we touched a little
0: bit before on the science so When we're talking about uh, PTSD, there is a certain um, change that happens in the brain. Uh So can you explain a little bit about that and and what the shift seems to be with people that are going through post-traumatic growth? Yes.
1: So, of course, it depends on the trauma, but often, like the amygdala in the brain, which is where fear is based, could be enlarged after trauma. So that's why trauma survivors often experience anxiety or panic attacks or flashbacks. And one of the things that has actually proven to be helpful is meditation so even the army like when I went to the resilience boot camp of the US Army I was surprised to find that first thing in the morning uh, I was there with hundred and eighty soldiers in their camo fatigues first thing in the morning they meditate they focus on their breath they practice mindfulness they learn to be present and because the army has realized and there are now dozens of studies to back this up that meditation actually Works better with pain than morphine, and it can actually undo some of the damages done by trauma. So, for instance, they found that Marines who suffered from PTSD, they were actually much better able to deal with stress and to cope with their symptoms of PTSD after they practiced meditation for only a few weeks. Actually, four weeks already did the trick, where they actually saw changes in the brain. So that's amazing.
0: Yeah, that that is incredible, isn't it? I mean, you know, we we love meditation and visualization and so forth. And actually, one of the uh, another interview that I did just recently, we were talking about that. And uh, this woman would sit down with her son, and he was born very premature, uh, was labeled special needs. Um, and she's a doctor, so she would do like the affirmations with him, and and do visualized guided visualizations with him. But seeing his brain firing and seeing his you know body healing. Which was just you know like amazing and and they did it together as a team, yes. um, And within within months he was they were the specialists were like I don't even understand like you he's completely
1: healed. <laughs> I think there are no limits, but you've also mentioned something so important and that is that they did it together, because I've learned that nobody can do it alone. Nobody can make it through adversity by themselves, and we need that help and that support and that guidance. But then I believe everybody can grow, and what um, psychologists have found is that actually as many as ninety percent of people who've experienced a trauma experience at least one of the aspects of post-traumatic growth. So maybe new appreciation for life, or a deeper relationship with others. You kind of find out who your true friends are, mm-hmm. um, or um, a new spiritual perspective. Like the sergeant uh, who started the resilience boot camp. She started it because. Of her own experience she was shot down in the first Iraq war and this woman who was a physician and very much focused just on the material world because of this near-death experience for the first time in her life did she consider oh maybe there is something else outside of this material world that we're looking at and I've heard that again and again from people
0: yes yeah, interesting how something like that can give you a completely different perspective and it does it have to be like a like a really bad trauma no nope.
1: Not at all. Um, What the psychologists who actually coined the term post-traumatic growth, how they define trauma is very different from how it is in the manual because they say trauma doesn't necessarily have to be something life threatening. It's something that pulls the rug out from under you, that rocks your core belief. It's something that you can't believe is happening. So it could be a divorce or it could be losing a loved one or it could be an accident really everyday traumas and that's why I think this research is so pertinent for all of us because none of us go through life without experiencing one or more traumas in our life, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and there's always something and you know, and the thing is we can very easily just curl up in a ball or, you know, uh, choose to shield ourselves from disappointment you know I, this has been coming up a lot for me lately i think i'm going to write a blog post about it but what we do as human beings just to avoid disappointment yes you
1: know exactly i have this quote by thomas merton that i put in bouncing forward that i love and he says what most people don't realize is the more you try to avoid suffering the more you're going to suffer and the buddha called it a second arrow there's something that happens that's painful and then we stick a second arrow into it and churn churn it in the wound because that's the despair and the anger and the frustration that we put on top of it and that's something I think to work with and to look at it because now we know that trauma isn't really exactly what happens to us but how we respond to it is really crucial and makes all the difference. Yeah absolutely. So was there an interview
0: that you did for this book that was um, something that
1: really surprised you Honestly, all of them. But maybe what surprised me the most was Jesse Billauer, the surfer, because he was 17 when this accident happened, when the wave crashed him into the sandbar. And you know the Serenity Prayer, right? Yeah. Grant me the um, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change. And that he was able at 17 years old to accept the fact: okay, I won't be able to walk again but I can surf. <laughs> so he actually surfs lying down. He balances on the board uh, with his elbows. That Meeting him really gave me a lot of courage and inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming
0: that all of these people, like, you know, uh, went through a dark night of the soul. It wasn't like they just instantly clicked on the switch and go, okay, this is everything's awesome. You know, so that if, if someone that's watching the show right now is you know has suffered from a trauma or have gone through a really difficult situation that if you are feeling you know bad and and sorry for yourself or whatever that that's normal.
1: Absolutely post-traumatic growth does not mean not to take the wound seriously it means the first step is to tend to the wound and to acknowledge the pain and unfortunately there's no way around the tunnel okay. we cannot drink around it, we cannot choose around it, we cannot deter it, we have to go through the tunnel. But I think what these survivors do is they can shine a light. But I was relieved to find out that the science of post-traumatic growth, it's not just positive thinking, it's not just a clap on the back, you know, it's not a grin and bear approach. Is dig deep, you have to look at this. And actually, the worst thing we can do with with our pain and our wounds, is not to acknowledge it because then it will pop up in unexpected places. And what wasn't really clear to me before the research was that the step to growing out of trauma or out of adversity is to acknowledge it to at least one other person. We have to express it. We have to talk about it. We have to find our tribe of supporters. Otherwise, you know, we're not creating the ground for growth. Absolutely, and and one person I need to
0: ask you about because I absolutely love her story is Temple Grandin. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: I think she's honestly the most brilliant woman I ever met. I got yeah. to interview her three times, and. This you know, she has written her own books, but in bouncing forward I look at her story from a little bit of a different angle because I was wondering about she suffered from severe panic attacks and anxiety and I wanted to know how did she make it through that? Because now she travels worldwide, she speaks at conferences, she's at busy airports, and all of that as a child uh, you know as a child she was diagnosed as severely autistic and so that's where we actually talk about the brain and how she retrained the parts of her brain that didn't work so well and until a few years ago people thought that the development of the brain was finished when we become adults and now we know that at any stage of our life at any age we can create new pathways in our brain and that's exactly what she did and that's why I think her story and her experience and how she worked at reprogramming her brain to do things that she that didn't come naturally to her that's I think where her story is really inspiring yeah cuz
0: that's the thing with autism it's not like these mm. like autistic people are stupid by any means of the imagination they're very intelligent people it's just their brains work differently they work
1: differently you know she was diagnosed as severely brain damaged as a three-year-old and the psychiatrist told her parents to put her into a mental institution and she says I wouldn't be here if they had done that and instead her mother hired speech therapists and worked with her and to me she is an example of somebody who started out with under the worst circumstances in an against all odds and through both her own efforts and the support of her mom and the therapists, she made it to be one of the. Yeah, she's a best-selling author. She's one of the most well-known animal behavior specialists, and she's just a wonderful, delightful person. Yeah,
0: awesome. Uh, so, Michaela, thank you so much for joining me. We, we've we've uh, this has gone very quickly today. Um, so, if people want to connect with you and get their hands on the book, which everyone I highly recommend that you do that. Uh, where can we send them to get? You get thank
1: that? you so much. The book is called Bouncing Forward: Transforming Bad Breaks into Breakthroughs. You can find it everywhere books are sold, and I have more information on my website, MichaelaHaas.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-H-A-A-S.com. I have videos of the surfer surfing and all kinds of interesting resources there. Awesome.
0: Thanks again, Michaela.
1: Thank you, Natalie.
0: Yeah, welcome. Now, I I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Don't forget to uh, click on the banner, whether it's to the side or underneath the video, so you can go straight through to Michaela's uh, website and grab uh, grab a copy of that book. Um, And make sure that you leave your email if you haven't done so already so I can send you the Manifesting with the Master's video course. So until next time, remember to live large. Choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.